Hello and welcome to the latest Rosenfeld Review podcast. This is your friendly host, Lou Rosenfeld. I'm with Doug Powell today. Hi, Doug. Hi, Lou. Great to have you on the show. Um, you might know Doug. Uh, he is one of the people who's uh, uh, one of the main drivers behind the enormous initiative at IBM to uh, make it more design driven and uh, um, as Doug was just telling me, bring on between 1,500 and 2,000 designers to really change the way IBM does work. And uh, before coming to IBM, uh, Doug was doing some things that were very different than working in the, the guts of a large enterprise. Uh, Doug was a partner at an agency for, for uh, many years and, um, and was president of the AIGA. And now IBM, what's, um, what's the connective tissue in that journey? Well, I've I've uh, I've always been fascinated by scale, and actually, the the AIGA gig was kind of a um, you know, and uh, dipping my toes into uh, the the scale of a large organization um, and a complex organization, and one that you know required me to kind of understand how the how the organization works where the power is in the organization, if you will, or where the, the energy is probably a better way to state it, um, and, and how to navigate uh, the, a big organization and, and, and get things done. And, and so that was a, there were two years there between 2011 and 2013 where I was, I was working with AIGA. I had been working with AIGA on a volunteer basis, uh, the local level and various national roles for many years prior to that. So I knew the organization pretty well, but those two years were really um, sort of a, 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 a test run for me of working in a leadership role in a big scaled complex organization. And so stepping into IBM, I drew on a lot of the, the, the skills that I was developing in the AIGA role as I transitioned into, into another big complex uh, complicated and overwhelming organization in IBM. So, uh, so Rick Raffay and uh, Ginny uh, Rometty got the name or? Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They are, they are, uh, they are related. Uh, they're, they're, they're cousins in my family tree for sure. <laughs> well, so that's interesting. The, the, the connection there and uh, professional associations, uh, um, may not have the scale of an IBM, but they certainly have the complexity and, and in many cases, and in my experience, at least the, the politics. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Doug uh, is going to be uh, one of the keynoters at the uh, Design Ops Summit here in New York City uh, in November. And, um, I, and I was really interested in, in having Doug participate because IBM is a, an interesting story that's been unfolding for a number of years. Um, uh, Doug's been there for five years, uh, along with Phil Gilbert and others, who, again, are uh, working to build up uh, uh, IBM's um, design uh, capacity. And uh, if I understand it, um, Doug, you, you guys have really kind of made good on the goal of, of uh, bringing in that range of 1,500 to 2,000 designers. Uh, that's amazing. So you've, you've been able to do the case making, to do that at IBM and, and do the onboarding, but you're, you're only part of the way there, as I understand it. So you, you've got a lot of the human infrastructure, but you need all the supporting infrastructure uh, to, um, to really g- 
gain the value or bring the value uh, of all those hires and amplify their abilities and really make sure that, uh, you know, they're doing really interesting work, interesting problem solving and, and not just recreating the or reinventing the wheel and, and doing busy work. And I'm sure the demand at IBM is still probably more than 1700 designers can, can handle. Where are you guys? Well, how do you kind of make this pivot from, maybe to paraphrase John Colco, moving out of like the design thinking and maybe hiring phase into more of a design doing phase. Right, right. Well, let's start with, let's start with the mission, uh, the mission of uh, IBM design and our program of, of design that we started, actually started at the end of 2012. As, as you say, I joined in early 2013, just as the, the kind of initial leadership, uh, you mentioned Phil Gilbert, who's my boss, our general manager. Uh, he was, Phil, in early 2013, was forming his leadership team. I was part of that group. Um, and uh, so the mission of, of the program is to create a sustainable culture of design and design thinking at IBM. Those two words, sustainable culture, are very, um, very important for us. Uh, first of all, culture means that we are not, our, our mission is not about delivery. It's not about a tactical deliverable. Um, it's not about getting a bunch of designers in who can improve the UI of X, Y, and Z and make our apps look better and blah, 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 blah. Um, it is about changing the way that IBM works, behaves, solves problems, uh, and is in the world. And so that's, 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 that's a very interesting one. One. And, the, and the second word, sustainable, is, uh, means that we have to be thinking not just uh, 2018, not just 2013 as we were when we, when we kicked off the program, not just you know, X number of quarters that we happen to be living within, but we need to be thinking 20, 25 years out. How can we build a program that is sustainable, that sustains our own tenure in the company that sustains leadership cycles and business cycles and downtimes and uptimes. And so that, that really has driven a lot of, of the uh, choices we've made in, in building, uh, building the program. Now you're talking about the number of designers and we kind of, we kind of did a back of the envelope estimate back in, you know, 2013 and said, you know, in order to get to a healthy ratio, we're going to need, between 1,500 and 2,000 designers. Our choice at that point, we, we had a couple of choices to make. We could have decided, hey, we're gonna pick one part of the company and we are going to go deep. We are going to, we're, we're going to really major in that part of the company and we are going to build a program for that part of the company and we're gonna do it absolutely you know, to the highest degree. Or we can get to that number of that, that scale number across the company as quickly as we can. Um, and we chose the latter. We chose to get to scale as quickly as we can. And the reason for that was if you think about, you know, a, a big company like IBM in a, in a trans, you know, in a transformation mode, there is a, a limited appetite and a limited window of time that a company is going to have the patience and the tolerance for transformation. Mm -hmm. We knew that that window was limited. We knew that 
you know, we did not have an infinite amount of time to, uh, to go through the exercise of testing something out in a very limited part of the company and then scaling it after that. We knew we had to just get, get to scale as quickly as we could. What that, uh, what one of the, one of the consequences of that is that some of the, we had to, we had to de, um, deprioritize some of the things that you're talking about. Those being some of the operational elements, some of the, uh, the leadership, um, the development of, of, of internal leaders. Um, and, and, and we didn't, we didn't intentionally deprioritize de this, but uh, we, we could not focus as much as we wanted to on the, the level of craft that our designers and teams were, were delivering. So now, five years in, as we've reached this level, this, this level of scale, we're really kind of now going back and, and, uh, and readdressing some of those key elements that, you know, we just couldn't pay enough attention to as we were building. So talk a little bit about some of those elements. Uh, what's the priorities right now as you step back and look at what you need to be doing with uh, the organization in the next year or two? Well, I mean, it's ironic that uh, that you know the Design Ops Summit is uh, is the context in which we're talking here. You know, it, uh, many of the the concerns of this emerging you know practice of Design Ops are really uh, one and the same with what we're uh, you know what we're concerned with. Um, you know, we need to figure out how to get our uh, how how do we structure teams at scale. Um, how do we uh, build uh, um, leaders, team, team leaders, design managers, uh, you know, up to executive level uh, leaders of design, both on, in the, on the, you know, as, as individual contributors, but also as, you know, executive design managers and design directors. Um, how, how do we, uh, in a very, complex and challenging environment that is not always design friendly, how do we enable our uh, design teams to be executing at the highest level of, of craft? How do we get them to be able to do their very best work? Which is important in, to our mission first, because you know if we can't do our very best work, then we're not gonna get there. But it's also important to those individual designers. Every designer wants to do great work, right? They all, they're driven by that. We are driven by that. That is in our DNA. Um, and so how do, we, how do we do that? How do we elevate the, the craft of every designer and every team in a big complex organization? Super challenging things. Um, we've got, um, you know, we've got a number of, uh, of, you know, sort of work streams that we are, that we are driving. We're doing a lot of work around uh, critique, for instance, the practice of critique, um, you know, which is how, how designers evaluate each other's work and how we in turn elevate the, the, that work. Um, we see a big opportunity for peer-to-peer -peer, uh, mentoring and so we're paying a lot of attention to what's the, what are the dynamics of mentorship and how can we um, guide that? How can we nurture that? How can we set, you know, an environment where mentorship is, is able to happen at a, in a real sort of meaningful way? Um, 
and uh, and you know, really, uh, we, we've we've done a lot of work around uh, our practice of design thinking mm-hmm. um, it, internally. Again, that's a that's a term that gets thrown around pretty liberally and and shot down pretty liberally too. It happens to be the term that we've that we've latched onto and. Um, we can do six other podcasts to talk about about that, but um, the the fact is, it's the, the 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 basic practice of you know this deeply collaborative practice of design thinking has become a really important part of our of our program and of our uh, of of our transformation because it involves non designers and it it uh, it brings in those product managers and those engineers and those marketers and those executives and the users and the customers all into this, you know, this really dynamic collaborative um, experience. So that's, that's been a really big part of our, um, of our program. So, you know, some of the examples you you just mentioned um, around things like critique and mentoring sound to me um, like infrastructure to help your designers lead each other. I'm wondering if, you've also reconsidered the, the leaders and managers of the design organization themselves. Has your, your expectation and your, your expectations and, and maybe your goals for your design, your design leaders and managers changed very much in the last five years? Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, and, and first, just a quick, uh, quick note about how we're organized. Uh, we have a mostly decentralized uh, organization. So those um, 16, designers are not located organizationally in a, in, a, in a central design organization. They are on the books of 20 or more of our business units mm-hmm. uh, that are you know, fairly autonomous businesses. Um, that's kind of how IBM is organized. So they are reporting up to the leadership, the executive leadership of that business unit they are not, by and large, reporting up to Phil Gilbert or me or anybody else in the in the center in the in the center of competency or center of excellence group, which is fairly small. Um, so that that means that the that role of a design manager and a design leader uh, um, in those business units, those autonomous business units, becomes very very important to us. Uh, because they are, you know, they're, they're, they're the leader of that tribe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and we've got to be working with them to be great leaders. If they aren't, then there's a real consequence to that because we don't have that solid line. We have a dotted line to them, to those designers, but we don't have a solid line to those designers where we can, you know, really work with them. So, you know, it's, it's really understanding that, or that, that organizational structure and figuring out back to my earlier point about figuring out the, the, uh, where the energy is and, mm-hmm. and how to get things done. Um, at IBM and our design organization, those design leaders uh, and, and, and senior design managers become super important to us. We did not wake up in 2013 and all of a sudden have a community of design, you know, senior design managers at IBM. We had to build that incrementally, uh, and we've uh, it's it's been 
it's been one of the key aspects of our growth. Um, we're not there yet. We're not, you know, we, we've, got, we've got a ways to go before we really populate that full infrastructure of leadership. Um, uh, but it's, uh, it's, it's definitely a, a key, you know, a, a key role for us to, to pay a lot of attention to. We're now focusing a lot on what does that mean? What are the skills that are required for that? What are the, the how, what is the practice of, uh, of design management or, uh, you know, as the, as the emerging term design ops is, is overlapping with that, um, you know, uh, um, you know, what, what do we need to, what do these people need to be doing and understanding, um, to do that job well. So one more question for you then, what about metrics and, and how have those changed over the last five years? Yeah, uh, they, they're, we're, we're getting more and more uh, um, zeroed in on quantifiable metrics. We're paying a lot of attention to uh, ratios of designers to, um, to primarily to engineers in our environment, but, uh, but also in, in some cases to other disciplines. Um, we're paying a lot of attention to um, to in our in in our case because we are a global company. Where are those designers sitting, um, and are they sitting with other designers? Are they sitting near their development team, um, and 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 really sort of shaping that part of the equation? We are measuring, or not measuring, but we are tracking the uh, very closely the seniority levels in our in our teams um, trying to get to a, a, a an optimum optimal uh, sort of shape uh, from a from a seniority point of view um, which is challenging because you know we, we we've our, the focus of our of our hiring over the last five years has been primarily uh, entry-level designers so we've you know we, we, our challenge is to, is, is to, uh, you know, advance the careers of, of, um, of designers as they, you know, as they enter the, the organization and get them up to, you know, mid, mid seniority levels. Uh, and, and then we're tracking, um, we, we use uh, net promoter score as a, uh, as a key metric for us. Net promoter score is not, you know, the end all and be all it's, it's to, to be taken with a grain of salt for sure. Um, but it, it is, uh, it is a way for us within a, a cocktail of, of metrics to, uh, to measure the, the impact of that, a, uh, that a well shaped, um, well balanced design team can have on a, on a, uh, uh, on a, a product offering. Got it. So I, I just heard four, roughly, and I'll just recap them. Uh, the ratio of designers to engineers and other members of the team, uh, the proximity that they have to those other teams or members of the team. And I, I imagine proximity can be um, considered in a number of ways. It could be actually physical, but it could be frequency of communication, whatever channels it goes through. Mm -hmm. The seniority of those people, and I guess that's a a different side of the coin than maybe retention um, and NPS of the products they work on. So that's, that's a really lovely framework of, uh, of looking into how um, 
uh, design is having uh, an impact in a in a huge organization. Uh, in this case, IBM. Let me add, can I add can I add one more in there oh, yeah. that I think is that I think is interesting. And I spoke about design thinking uh, a, a moment ago, and and how important that is to the the, the cross disciplinary environment that that our design team is sitting within. Uh, and and we are measuring the design thinking um, proficiency of that what we call whole team that you know that that uh, cross disciplinary organization that the designers are sitting within. So that that can tell us if we can connect those those dots there, where we've got you know the uh, the right ratio. We've got the right sort of clustering of designers, you know, um, spatially, if you will. Mm -hmm. We've got the right seniority levels. Um, we've got they're they're sitting within a, a, a cross disciplinary ecosystem where the people around them are familiar with the practice of design thinking and and, and user centeredness. Um, and if we can link all of those to a a positive NPS trend. Now that's a that's a pretty complete story there. That's a pretty compelling story, and especially as we then go to talk to the the business leaders who are who are making the investment in uh, you know the future investment in design and designers. Um, that's how they make their choices is by that that kind of data. Quick question about that last metric around uh, the their proficiency in design thinking. How do you assess that? We have sort of a tiered educational program. Uh, it starts uh, with a, a fairly light, uh, lightweight online learning experience. Now, of course, design thinking is all about in-person sort of collaboration and kind of the person-to-person -person or, or team collaboration that, that, that it, it generates. So we understand that we, we can't achieve that strictly with an online experience, but the online experience is a good introduction to the concepts and the language and the vocabulary of design thinking. Um, and then that, 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 uh, that IBMer can, can easily engage with that system. They can get to that sort of base level, that 100 level uh, knowledge. Uh, and then they have the opportunity to advance their practice and to, be, uh, to become certified at different levels of uh, mastery of the, of the practice of design thinking. And we have now, believe it or not, we have 130,000 IBMers who've gone through uh, various degrees of this learning program. Um, so what that means is that we, you know, in a company of 360,000 roughly people, We've got now about a third of IBM has you know, some basic understanding of design thinking. Um, so we can be fairly confident that a design team is operating in an environment where the people around them uh, uh, you know, have an understanding of, of design thinking. I'm gonna have one more question for you uh, before we wrap up, but before we do that, I'll put a couple plugs in. Doug is the as I mentioned, uh, one of the keynoters at uh, the Second Design Ops Summit happening November 7th through 9th uh, in New York City. Uh, I will say that the tickets are going incredibly fast, um, uh, but if uh, you are interested in joining us, there are still some seats as of this moment in August of 2018. Go to designopsummit.com 
if you don't have um, the cash or if you want to participate in another way in design ops as a growing area. Um, I've been uh, facilitating a monthly uh, video conference call around design ops. It's free. And uh, we've had some really great uh, conversations and presentations in that context just for an hour a month. And um, uh, if you're interested in that, uh, you can uh, send an email to info at rosenfeldmedia.com. Um, just mention which podcast you listen to and where you learned about it. So um, uh, we know um, that you're out there listening. I'm also uh, facilitating uh, another monthly call on uh, Enterprise UX. You're welcome for that as well. Again, uh, let us know if you're interested in an invite to either or both of those calls by emailing info at rosenfeldmedia.com. Final question for you, Doug, is um, I like to always ask this. Uh, who's really interesting to you at the moment that uh, you think would be somebody else we should have on the podcast down the road? I think that's a great question, Lou. I, I love I love this question. I love the way you kind of extend your your uh, your web there. <laughs> um, I I was recently at the uh, Design for America Summit um, in, at Northwestern University uh, a couple weeks back. Um, Design for America is a great organization. Um, I won't get into the the backstory there, but uh, great great stuff there. Anyway, at that at that summit, I met uh, someone I'd never met before. Um, named Ariane Miller, and she is the uh, she is running a, a uh, design and UX uh, program at the uh, Office of Personnel OPM in the U.S. government uh, Office of Personnel Management. I guess it is. But basically, they're the HR organization for the U.S. government. This massive, massive federal agency. And I have been, uh, I was super impressed with her and the work that her team are, are doing in DC in this uh, unbelievably complex environment and challenging one, especially in the current, you know, um, you know administration and all the challenges that are, are happening in that, uh, in that world right now. Um, but uh, I've been fascinated uh, uh, in the last couple of years by the uh, the great activity that seems to be gaining momentum in the federal government and in, in various local governments as well of, you know, design, innovation, user experience, human-centered approaches, um, and these, uh, these, um, these heroes, really, within, uh, within that world who are just doing amazing, amazing work in incredibly challenging uh, environments and so Ariane Miller told a great story about uh, about her team and and the work that they were doing. I was just incredibly impressed by her and uh, and that story. In fact, she I tweeted this this line that she had that just totally resonated resonated with me. She said, "We do our work with lots of pride and very little ego," and I thought that was like that. We should all have a we should all have a T-shirt with that with that saying on it. That is such a um, uh, an important sort of you know guiding principle for uh, for designers in this day and age. I love it. That'll be the title maybe of one of our next podcasts. And, and as soon as we wrap, uh, I'm going to ask you to make an email introduction. I will do that uh, happily. Well, Doug, thanks so much for joining us today. It's great to have you on the show and I'm really looking forward to your keynote at the Design Ops Summit this November. 
I'm looking forward to it as well. Liv, thanks so much for uh, the invitation. Great to have you. Thanks. Thank you.